no, John, I don't just sit here in silence recording empty space for, for minutes on end while I wait for you to take your dog out. Hey, Wombat. Hey, John. Will you be my Valentine? I've been waiting for you to ask me that our entire relationship, John. Of course I'll be your Valentine. Thanks. So anyways, uh, hello everyone and welcome to Glowing Weak Point, uh, the show where we talk about video games and stuff, like every other group of two white dudes on the internet. Oh, yeah. don't remind me. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the other things that's been bumming me out is I feel like we don't do anything different. You know, we just mm. kind of we kind of do what everybody does. I mean, hey, we have game facts. We do have game facts. But I mean, so that's, well, and we have our light novel section every month. Yeah. We, we do a lot of different things. I feel like a lot of other podcasts, like, really delve into, like, hey, we're a video game podcast, and then that's all they talk about. Or, hey, we're a light novel podcast, and that's all we talk about. And we just kind of fuck around. Are there light we're, novel we're just podcasts? Kinda, <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee there's more than a dozen of them. In English. In English. Right <laughs> Every day. Maybe. Ugh. But no, yeah, we're just we're just kind of nerd sh- nerd culture fuckboys. We we get around. Yeah. Um something like that. So, what's your glowing weak point? Is it being called a nerd culture fuckboy? No, I don't I don't think it is. I've been I've been in a in a in a funk most of the week. Um I don't really have a glowing weak point other than I made it through the week. You know, it's another I lived. Not even last night when the Rams beat the Bengals. I've never cared about a football game in my entire life. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, that's not true. That's not night. true. I I spent a, a Sunday at my cousin's house in Alabama, and Northeastern was playing some other college, and we were so bored because we were Mormons and you're not really allowed to do shit on Sunday, yeah. that I got really invested into this Northeastern game and whether or not Northeastern would win. Okay. I think Northeastern did win. It was like a Rose Bowl or something. It was one of those stupid, like, college bowls. You know. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. I don't care about the Super Bowl either. Like I've I've even stopped caring about the ads. I don't really understand I like getting excited Bowl. about ads. It's just some a of, bummer. Some of the ads are pretty masterfully made, but at the end of the day it is just an ad. It's an advertisement. It's trying to sell you shit. Yeah. Um yeah, no, oh, like, shit. at this point, the only thing I really like is, like, uh, eating hot wings and stuff. But I can do that whenever. Right, you can just so, you can just fry up some wings and throw some sauce on them. Uh, baked is better. But yes, I, I, um, I did make some hot wings yesterday, because it is the Super Bowl. I wasn't at home for any of the time that the Super Bowl was on, nor did I ever once look up the score... Uh, but 
uh, still had some wings. It's an American tradition. Okay. Yep. That well, was that was it. That was our introduction. Okay. Cool. Let me move on to uh, our first and last bit of news, and it's not good news. It's sad news. Um, the legendary YouTuber Gilva Sunner has been shut down because of actual thousands of um, copyright claims. Because Nintendo's a piece of shit. Yeah, I know about this. So, uh, Gilva Sunner has been around for more than 11 years, and they're a YouTuber. All they do is they upload the music rips from games. So, if you've ever listened to the, you know, Super Mario 64 soundtrack or whatever, you were almost certainly listening to Gilva Sunner's rip. Um, so, and I have a done question. this for all the games. Yeah? Isn't there also a person called Silva Gunner? Okay, so, here's here's the deal. Gilva Sunner's had some problems with YouTube in the past, and so they made some just cheap flops of their name to get around some of these things. Like, there was Gilva Sunner, and that was their main one, so they made Silva Gunner and a couple other things. But there's also Siva Gunner, which is S I capital I V A Sunner. Uh, Siva Gunner um, is designed to look like it's Gilva it's Sunner Silver. or Silva Sunner, but it's not Silva Gunner. It's Siva Gunner, and they are better than Gilva Sunner. But that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Siva Gunner, uh, similarly to, like, Gilva Sunner is not one dude. It's a group of people who all rip music, and then they all have access to this YouTube channel, and they post it there. Um, similarly, Siva Gunner the is... tweets here. What? Well, they talk in, yeah. the, like, I. They don't say we, they say I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it is. There's, there's multiple people working on it. Um... The Siva Gunner is also just a a group, um, and it's it's ever growing, and nobody knows who all of the people are because it's all just like it never has who made the rips on there. But it's it's all things like here's the Super Mario sixty four um, uh, racing theme or athletic theme uh, beta mix. <laughs> <laughs> or, okay. Like here's the uh, the Japanese release version of this song, or the like, <laughs> and it it doesn't mean anything. It's just that they've released this same song like twelve times, so they need to come up with a different legitimate looking title for it. And it starts out with just the song, but then it immediately veers off into meme territory where they'll they'll make the um uh. Whatever the the downhill sliding game is in um, Super Mario sixty four, but then they'll make it be like the Flintstones theme. Okay, it's Just fantastic. Weird. I love it. Okay. I love uh, I I love all of their shit. But yeah, um, the first of February, Gilda Center got hit with thirteen hundred copyright blocks, and then a couple days later, another twenty two hundred. 
and they just they're like meh and, and YouTube basically came to them and was like sorry we can't do anything because like all of these are legitimate copyright claims um like it is just so, rips of the music like yeah yeah I mean there's nothing transformative there's nothing there, there's no argument to be made uh, except for the fact that YouTube should just fucking put their music on Spotify or whatever. Um, you mean Nintendo? But it, thank you, Nintendo should. Yeah. Thank you. No, um, Nintendo but, doesn't make like, their music available in any format, and so it, yeah. it's a, it's a little bit like that the 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 argument against like old game emulation, where it's like, but you're not selling it to me, so like yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Don't so, come at me about ripping Super Metroid or the music from its games because you're not selling either to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, YouTube's hands are tied and Gilvasun are like, they can't do anything either. So they just decided, you know, before anything really happened, they're just going to just shut it down. So it's gone. Um, and. I, I checked. I I tried to go to their YouTube page, and it's it's no longer there. It's completely gone, which is very sad. So, hats off to a legend from YouTube. Now, Nintendo just sucks. Like Nintendo was also recently celebrating that uh, like like mod hacker that went to prison, and it's like um yeah. And it's like yeah, the dude the dude did separate things that were shitty. But that's not what he went to jail for. The mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like just because he was a shitty person also doesn't mean that he should be subject to the the carceral system of the United States, which is slavery. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So maybe don't celebrate that he went to jail. Fucking Nintendo. Yeah. Pieces of shit. Also, he was already like hit with a bunch of penalties for doing like he had already been found guilty and served all of like it, there wasn't time for it it was just like here you have to pay a whole bunch of money in restitution and so right. he did and then this is later they're like oh yeah we decided that wasn't enough mostly in my opinion it's because they haven't caught the rest of the people yet because they actually, like, escaped. Because it's obvious that he wasn't working alone. Oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's it's well known that yeah. he wasn't working alone. He, he was the leader of the group. You know him well. Um, but uh, now he's going to have his tail kicked because they're like, oh, we can't find the rest of your people, so you're going to go to prison for three years. Like, it's just, it's such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Every day that we don't set fire to things is another day wasted. <laughs> oh, I'm so serious. I'm so bummed out by the world around me that it's just like... You spent too much time on Twitter. Not even that. You know what bummed me out last night? Like, I was already bummed out. What? But then I was watching a documentary called The Waiting Room. And The Waiting Room is just... Like, the documentarians don't really ask any questions or anything. They just are able to set up inside of the waiting room and even um, sometimes in the uh, the back of an ER, like where, pe- where the doctors and nurses are working. 
and it just goes through the a day in the life of these people at, at this ER. And it's like in mm-hmm. Oakland, California, and like nobody has insurance. Like everybody is talking about how they don't know how they're going to do things because they don't have insurance and Everything is off. The waiting room is just constantly full. Deep into the night, the waiting room is full. And, like, at certain points, they have to stop letting people into the back at all. Because, like, oh, three people came in with gunshot wounds. And, you know, that means, like, 50 people have to drop what they're doing to all address these three people with gunshot wounds. Yeah. You know? And it's just like yeah. this is this is the healthcare system of the United States, and mm. it's a it's a crime. We're move on. Yeah, we're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna move on. It's okay. We can we can we can move on from the crimes of the United States against its people. Anime. We're gonna talk about anime because that was the only news we had. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do my job this week. Quit moping. Talk about anime. Uh, what do we want to talk about first, John? John, let's let's get this out of the way. We talk about this one between each other all the time. A realist hero re- rebuilt the kingdom. Okay, okay. Season one, amazing. It was an amazing <laughs> season. Great isekai. And I'm saying this as both a lover of isekai and as someone fully cognizant of the fact that most isekai are trash. This this is and continues to be a pretty decent isekai. Yeah, and and season one amazing. Season two, they they're just going weird places. It's so they're, they're... boring, endlessly boring. <laughs> now I I was not bored. Because, like, this is really just, like, it's all about diplomacy and other stuff. There's not a whole lot of action. And there wasn't even a whole lot of action in the first one. No. There is more because they were, like, explaining the world of, like, how there's magic. And here's the things you could do with magic. And it's better to show, not tell. Um, which this last episode just utterly All tell, no do. show. <laughs> um, but, like, there's the... The season has started with very diplomacy-focused, and diplomacy kind of boring, but at least they did a little bit of, like, something would pop up if they would say something, and then they'd have, like, visuals to show, like, oh, yes, monsters are eating monsters, or, you know, de- sorry, demons are eating monsters. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, they, um, they were treating demons and monsters as if they were the same thing, but it, in reality, yeah. they're probably more like... Um, dogs and people. Like, yeah. like the monsters are dogs and, and, and bears and shit, and the demons are the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, you know, it... They, of they course, I'm not sure it really matters, it. because we haven't actually interacted with the demons in any form yet. Yeah. They are entirely a background element. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Either at halfway through the season we're going to get it, or it'll be at the end of the season. We're at the halfway point of the season. season three. Are we? Shit. Yeah. All right. Well then, yeah. It'll it'll be at the end of the season. We'll get like two or three episodes dealing with demons, and then it'll be you know. See you next time. 
Or it'll just be another um, episode where an, an an incident happens that we're not told about that instigates all the characters going to this other place and meeting with a new character who's irritating as fuck and then not getting around to the point of the uh, uh, of why they were there until the end of the episode. And so you still don't find so, out why exactly they're fucking there. <laughs> so this season started out with diplomacy and then it went into fucking. Uh, every, everyone is... Everyone is now married to the main character, pretty much. Well, they're um, all um, engaged. They're all engaged, yes. Nobody's married and then, yet. Then this last episode was like, uh, King, King, you gotta come quickly. There's some bad thing has happened. So they go, and then they spend the entire episode listening to the scientist. Oh, burp. Listening to the scientist who's just, um, like, being boring as fuck and with a really annoying voice sorry voice actor but you can do better um and just really really being obnoxious and not doing anything and then they're like oh cool here we're gonna show you that uh we've created batteries and that uh by the way our country is uh basically set on a giant vein of batteries and we're the only people who can make them and uh so we now have the most valuable thing in the the continent because of course this is an isekai with the main character so they have to have all the best secret powers uh also don't uh, forget about it's the... like <laughs> don't forget about the time they to... uh they uh they killed off the really cool um semi-antagonistic character who was actually working on the guy's side the entire time but because of everything that he did they couldn't reveal that he was working on the the king's side the entire time so they had to kill him and so you see the the, the scene where they kill him and you know i was thinking yeah th they didn't really kill this character um he's pretty you clearly right. gonna be used for something special later on down the road and then the very next episode they revealed that that was exactly what was ha what happened and i'm like wow you could have sat on this for an episode <laughs> nope so yeah th this episode started with like shit you've got to come quick something bad happened and then it wasn't until the literal end of the episode that they're like Oh, yeah, something bad happened. We have to tell you about that. Uh, here, Blah happened, where Blah is nothing you care about. Right. <laughs> she stole some dragon bones. Dragons exist? What does that mean? I didn't know. Their bones are important? Why? How? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's important that she stole them? For what reason? <laughs> Do not watch this anime as it's coming out because you need to be able to just skip this episode and go straight into the next one well and this um, show is notorious <laughs> for this already they constantly yeah. end on pointless cliffhangers <laughs> yeah yeah they do but this one was uh. especially egregious it was just but like absolutely nothing like hook worthy about it i don't care she stole some dragon bones it means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. When I think of dragon bones, I think, oh, I should bury that for prayer experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's that bad game. Anyways, uh, we're, we're going to move on from Realist Hero to the same show, except somehow better this season. The Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt, which... Also technically not has... an isekai. 
Technically, yeah, but it's the same show. It is the same show. Really good. Listen, this one, this one is doing everything Realist Hero is getting wrong right. Like, like yeah. the political intrigue, the the action, even the the the, mm-hmm. the conversations between characters, like the mind games and shit that are being played. It's really good. Now, I do, I do have a slight, tiny complaint about the last story arc, um, wherein. So the the main problem I have with it is the the crux of the show is that he wants to get rid of his country. He wants to sell it off so that he could be a billionaire living in the the background, just happy with his life. I feel like he's already forgotten about this. Yes, and that's the problem. <laughs> is that like the 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 crux of the show has been him wanting to work towards this, but constantly failing himself with his own genius. Like he'll try and do something, but he's too clever, or like the other people are too Competent. stupid that it yeah incompetent that like no not incompetent another, competent they are more competent no, I mean, than he thinks they are often. I mean, his enemies are oh, more incompetent. Yes. And and so, like, he's like, oh, they won't do that. They did it. They did well, the thing. I, I I can't not take advantage. Like, <laughs> so that's the, the main crux of the show. And they've just not done that the last two or three episodes. And, and I want them to go back to that. I don't think they will. But, I feel like that was probably like an element that was introduced in the first light novel, and then the author quickly realized that it wasn't very interesting <laughs> to him, and so he just moved on from that. Like I feel yeah, like that's there's... probably what it was. You're probably right. I did like that um, the situation was resolved via a Napoleon strategy in the last episode. <laughs> Just, yeah. just let me let me make them think they've got me, and then I'll lead them over a hill. And over on the other side of the hill is my army. Hello. <laughs> yep. That's that was just Napoleon. That's all that was. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. What do you want to talk about? Uh. Um. Slow loop, actually. Slow Loop is interesting for a slice of life show because it's, you know, most of them are just like cute girls doing cute things and shit, right? It's moe shit. Mm -hmm. And and this is definitely that, but it's got more going on there than a lot of them do. Uh, Okay. A lot of the focus is actually on like the struggles of like... Like two families coming together, you know, like like a mom whose whose husband died, and then a husband whose mother and and or not mother whose wife and child died. They they get married, and then like the two families have to find a way to coexist now with two teenage daughters, oh. and it's yeah. it's interesting. It's it's something I've never seen done by an anime, honestly. Espe- like, okay. I, especially with the, like, broken family aspect of it all. Like, that's so weird for anime. 
And yeah, like like when it when it the the fishing is less of like like the moe thing to do. It's just it's a way for these characters to um, find common ground and interact on like uh, on the same level kind of thing. You know? Okay. The the it's a way for them to grow as sisters despite having never known each other before like three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I like it. Okay. Uh tell me about so police gonna... in a pod. Why are you still watching the copaganda? Well, here's the thing about that. That I wanna talk about this again because I don't know that it's copaganda. Here's here's <laughs> here's why. Yes, every single one of these episodes focuses on them performing a certain task. Um, it's you know it could be something as mundane as you know staking out a place because there might be a burglar, or it could be something like. Catching a father who, you know, prosecuting a father because he's sexually abusing his daughter. Oh, wow. Going hard. So, okay. Yeah, no, and it, it can go hard. And and it one of the things I really respect about the show is that it respects these issues. Like, it it, it gives them the proper time. It, it doesn't just give them lip service. Um, but the, the background of all of this is pointing out that these are important things for our society. This is an important duty that is vital to our communities. Which is true. Somebody the jobs does need that to the do police, it. Yeah, the police, the jobs that the police do are very important. The other thing that this show does is show you that the police men and women themselves are garbage. <laughs> They're completely unlikable. All of the characters are just the worst possible examples of humanity. <laughs> what? They're, they're <laughs> terrible. They're terrible people. All the things that they do are horrible. And they do it in a funny way. It's, it's clearly for comedic purposes. But they're completely unlikable. So that's why I don't know that it's copaganda. Because... It's like, like the job, not the people doing it. <laughs> um, is it, are they meant to be unlikable or is it supposed to be likable in Japan and it just doesn't translate over no, to no, America? No, 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 Cause you know, like no, Goku's supposed to be a great father in Japan and in America we see him as like <laughs> the worst possible dad ever. Could it be like that? No. No, it's not. It's it's very clearly not. They're they're very clearly just the worst possible people. <laughs> <laughs> they're abusive to each other. Uh, they hate their jobs. They uh, are lazy. They're like they're power hungry in many ways. They abuse their own rules. Like they're they're terrible. <laughs> oh, John, John. I almost got murdered by a cop the other day. Like, uh, I was driving my girlfriend's car, and she has one of those, like, newer cars with, like, systems that tell you when there's somebody in the other lane and shit. 
and I'm merging, yeah. I'm merging into a lane on the highway, and everything's going fine until I'm halfway into the lane, and the car starts screaming at me. And so I jerk myself back into the lane I was in, and then a fucking uh, police car comes wailing past me, no lights on or anything. Like he's he's just speeding and, and being reckless, yep. and then he fucking takes the first exit. <laughs> available and fucking disappears from sight like he knew how guilty he was <laughs> he knew yep. he'd been a piece of shit <laughs> yep fuck the cops <laughs> i almost died the other day <laughs> so yeah like i i really like this show because like the jobs that they do are important but um these these people are not likable at all and it's kind of accurate. <laughs> okay. Um. So this Tell one's actually a... no. Where I, I got one because you got in the land of Leah Dale under your name. I've been yeah. watching this still for some reason. Okay. I don't know <laughs> why you didn't have it in the both anime watched section. Uh, I um, didn't notice this until now. Uh, that it was okay. over there. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not in both, so I I had to add it to mine because you know I'm still watching it. Uh, so it's an isekai. Yeah, uh, it's doing literally nothing new at all. <laughs> so what I find so weird about it is that it doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. Like even still, I think we're halfway through this the first season, and and yeah, I don't. What what's the tone of the show meant to be? Because because sometimes sometimes it wants to be like 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 a cute girl doing cute things kind of show, right? It, it just wants to take this, this yeah. isekai character and do some cute fun things, and then other times it wants her to confront the reality of death in this new universe where it used to be a video game. <laughs> <laughs> and then other times it wants to be like a, a comedy show with her fucking children and grandchildren all being like w weirdly uh, accomplished people despite being total fuck ups. And <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, what do you want me to get from this? <laughs> And then in the latest episode, in the latest episode, she finally met another person who was trapped in the game with her, and it treated it very lightly, I feel like. Yep. It wasn't a big revelation for her to run into her first player other than her. Yeah. Because up until this point, well, it was entirely possible it was only her in this world. Well, she's, she's come to the real realization already that, like, as with all of these isekais where they're pulled into a video game they've played in before, the NPCs are now human. Yes. They're, they're alive. They, they, they're no longer NPCs. They're just people like everyone else. Um, and and that's that was very early on she figured that out. So um, seeing another human doesn't matter to her unless they're like someone she knows. So that's that's kind of why she's going to all these towers, um, is to find a friend. But also, she doesn't like if she finds little shithead children, like she nearly murdered this time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which she did. 
she was very close to just fucking killing to be fair i'm not Um, sure if he would still be a child was he five when he got pulled into the game because that would have been like like when did he wake up did he wake up before her or at the same time as her has he been awake this entire time because then he'd be like 205 200 (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I can't imagine he's been around that long, or there's got to be some sort of, like, time quickening in the game, um, because I don't, I don't think you can actually live that long, uh, No, you can, but, because, um, like, when you got, when they got pulled into the game, they became the race that their character was, Uh, which is why she's so long-lived and looks youthful, (laughs) because she's an elf. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, then again, she didn't, like, she hasn't lived for 200 years. She just, she was in the game for a bit, and then she was out of the game, and then she rejoined the game, and it happened to be 200 years later. Like, she she was not alive for those 200 years. Yeah, I guess. As evidenced by the fact that, like, the kids couldn't find her, and, like, and you know that her son the high elf would absolutely have done everything to find her because he's such a little shithead um i love the subtitles for the show with him because he always calls her (laughs) mother dearest yes i think that this show is doing nothing special at all but it doesn't have to it's just kind of a nice sweet show it's just there (laughs) yeah and also, also the ending theme, like the the animation with the ending, shows the uh, like little waitress girl from the first two episodes, but like uh-huh. very prominently. And I'm like, she has not yeah. been relevant since then. Why are you spending yeah. so much focus on her with the ending? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she's going back there. Like I like right now, they're headed back to the main capital. I'm pretty sure right after that, they're going back to the other place. I don't think so. I think she's still gonna be on that that quest to find all of the different towers and shit, hoping to find her friends. Uh, I don't think there's enough episodes left in the show for her to do that. I don't think she's gonna complete the quest, but I think she's going to keep doing it. She might just get to a point she's like, wait, I've been these places before, and I'll just teleport there. Zoop, 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 and then done. I'm not sure if that would work, though, because she couldn't teleport to that that first place. And, like, I'm imagining that she's she's been there before as a player. I think because everything's changed so much, like, the fast travel shit doesn't work. Um, Yeah. Okay. Like, a lot of these places have different names, and the geology's probably changed a little bit, and yeah. All right, tell me about Sasuke and Miano. Uh, this is the boys' love show. It's yeah. still boys' love. It's not. It's not digging around anymore. Like three episodes ago, Sasaki confessed his love to Miano, and ever since then, Miano's been very conflicted about uh whether or not to reciprocate, like how to reciprocate that if he. If he does reciprocate it, like, like he's pretty sure he's um, he's only he's straight. Like he's only ever liked a girl, but he does find yeah. things about Sasaki cute. 
And so it's, he's like okay. very sexually confused. I I, th- I feel like it's just a pretty pretty uh honestly realistic portrayal of like like discovering your sexuality in high school. Okay. Yeah, it's a really good show. All right. Tell me about Tokyo 24th Ward. Tokyo 24th Ward is the best anime of the season. Okay. <laughs> Don't necessarily agree with that, but <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh like like it's got the the three main characters um and they use they they are used to be best friends but you know they've all grown up uh, and like the the main main character like I consider Shuta the main character the guy with blue hair um he's kind yeah. of caught in between the worlds of his two friends cuz he respects them both but like Rand the guy with the red hair is like a graffiti artist, which in this place is like a serious crime. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Koki, the green-haired guy, is uh, he's like the son of the mayor, and he works with the police force. And and it all came to a head when um, one of Rand's friends uh, turned out to be a terrorist, and Koki oh. had the the friend shot to death. Right in front of Ran. And now they don't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and wow. it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes from there. I will say that the show should have done a bit more to introduce us to the friend who got shot, because he only became relevant in the arc where he died. And it, it should have mm. been more of a thing where, like, he was around in the in the graffiti group before then. But for, like, plot reasons, he was out of the loop at that point. And yeah. they, they really should have done more to introduce him. Because it, it was all of a sudden, here's this new character. He's got white hair. He wears a coat with a hood up all the time. And, oh, yeah, he's yeah. been friends with Rand since they were children. And like he's a super cool hacker, but Ran is also a hacker, and so he has, he feels he has nothing that sets him apart from Ran. And but he did develop this this music app, and now the bad guys are using the music app as a drug to turn people insane. And <laughs> it's just a lot for a character who was introduced in that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is if, that is a lot. If they had done, if they had like like introduced him a bit before, then even like one more episode, it would have been a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I have no complaints about Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward. Uh, everything okay. is great. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, so uh, now we're going to talk about the actual best show of the season. Um. My Dress Up Darling. I mean, this is pretty good. Listen, It's really good. I I am just turned off every time a show gets attention like My Dress Up Darling does or has. Because it always turns out to just be like, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty good show. I don't know why everybody's like fucking killing themselves over it. <laughs> Okay. It's enjoyable, but I don't I don't understand like like uh the one from last season that was this was uh Comey can't communicate. Uh 
everybody was just up in arms about oh oh it's this genius manga is finally getting an an adaptation and, and then i watched it and it was like yeah i mean this is pretty funny it was, it was pretty good yeah it, it didn't deserve the hype and i feel like my dress up darling is more deserving of the hype but i'm yeah. still not sure it's it deserves all the hype it's gotten she, she is absolutely best girl <laughs> absolutely best girl of the season yeah um no arguments there goto's boring and then (laughs) a little uh so the last anime we're gonna talk about we we have seen more than this it's just these are the only ones we would actually come back to uh she professed herself pupil of the wise man um i've given up here's what i'm going to say here's what i'm gonna say the first episode, I really liked. I really liked it the three-form way that they had, they had attacked it. It was super fascinating to me. And then, from then on, it has been nothing. It is It has just been a generic isekai. Like, the most bland generic isekai. Um, far more than in the land of Leodale. Uh, which is also just kind of a generic isekai, but it at least is just trying to be cute. This is just dumb. Like, I will say, I, just I keep going back to every episode of In the Land of Leodale because I keep thinking they might hit what they want to do with it. They might eventually find what the show is meant to be, and I want to be there when that happens. Like, I do. I don't know if you've looked at the covers of the light novels, but they're like, they're so like serene and, and beautiful, and it looks like a completely different thing than what the show is. And so I, what I'm, what I'm imagining is that, like, like, they bought the rights to In the Land of Leodale, and then realized that maybe the books are like, unadaptable, and so they've been trying to find footing somewhere the entire way. Yeah. She professed herself pupil of the wise man is probably the most boring light novel you could ever possibly fucking read. It's just the <laughs> the most generic shit. It's going nowhere. It is going absolutely Ugh. zero places. Uh, I, the last episode I watched was three, and then I I said fuck this because what what happened in the third episode is uh she goes to a dungeon and the dungeon has uh, like she's looking for uh one of the other other wise men and like the place he used to hang out was the this like under uh, like undead dungeon with a mirror where you can see Mm -hmm. dead dead people um it's it's the it's the mirror from harry potter is what it is yes yeah Except you could actually interact with them. It doesn't show you what you want to see. It shows you like the actual souls yeah. of the people. So, but it's pretty clear where it's the inspiration of, for for the mirror came from. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then a, a character who had not been given a name at all up to that point, uh, all of a sudden becomes the most important character of the episode, and it goes through his entire fucking backstory about. How he became an adventurer to save up money to cure his sister's illness. But while he was out adventuring, oh no, his sister died. And legit, they spend like a half of the episode on this shit. 
Yes. <laughs> after after going out of their way to introduce all the other characters with him um, and their names, and also there's a pedophile character, but we're going to ignore that. Um, yes. And, like, he is not given a name, and then... you. Oh, it's Zeph! He's Zeph, and he's so important, and look at all this shit! And, oh, this little kid, you're, you know, if Zeph saw his sister, then your parents must be alive! Isn't that great? And I'm like, get to the fucking plot! And it doesn't! The episode ends, nope. and you don't, you find out nothing about the wise man she was searching for. All these fucking Correct. secondary characters had their fucking the plot lines that were introduced halfway through the episode resolved and that but hers the main character does nothing is nothing this show is pointless fuck this show yeah in in many ways this show is like a like kind of like a worse version of the strongest sage with the weakest crest because that one is at least foot both feet first jumping straight in to a terrible plot line where <laughs> the main hero is overpowered and everything revolves around him in this the main hero is overpowered and they don't know where to focus because like, <laughs> like there you can't focus on the main character because she and, has and, and, she has nothing going on with her both of them have the same plot line uh, so far of like so in uh the strongest stage with the weakest crest it was like episode two or three they go into a dungeon um uh he he goes with some lower leveled people they fiddle around on the top level and then they go deeper in and he just kind of leaves them and goes and kills the boss of it and does everything by himself um and and this one, uh, the she professed herself people of the wise man. It's the same thing. Like they go into this dungeon, they do a little bit of fighting at the beginning, and then she just takes over and kills the boss. Like, <laughs> I'm just oh. so bored. Just do anything uh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, yeah. That was the maybe, anime recap. Pass. Watch the first episode to see what, like, an interesting, artsy way of doing things is, and then stop. Or don't even do that, because John thinks it's artsy, I think it's lazy. <laughs> well, you're dumb. <laughs> Game facts! Game facts. We're talking about Xenogears. That's a weird pull for this week, honestly. <laughs> I needed something that would have, like, less facts, and so I was like, well, what's a stupid JRPG I could find? Because all of the stupid JRPGs that Wombat tells me have, like, zero facts about them. I don't understand how so you got I so few facts about Xenogears, because this is, like, one of the most documented, like, de like the development was so documented. I don't understand. And there's so well, much that, that interesting also going on with it, is, like... like like, like Xenogears that, is a game that is only half finished, and it still became like a a classic game. Um, yeah, I know. Let me talk. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
I, I was going through and I was like, well, what are some stupid RPGs? And so I looked it up and of course you look up RPGs and it's like, hey, would you like to look at Persona or Final Fantasy or something? I was like, no, there's like a hundred Persona games. I mean, there's five, but there's like 12 more in the franchise um, with all the, the Shin Megami Tensei shit. Um, it doesn't and, help you know, that Final each Fantasy. numbered entry gets like a spin-offs and, and and like a, yeah. a complete version and <laughs> yeah, there's just there's just too much there. Like I I knew I wasn't gonna get anywhere, and then I saw Xenoblade Chronicles, and I was like, so there like three of those, and uh, they did just announce the third. So so excited. Still haven't played the second, yeah. but I'm so excited. <laughs> so uh. So I looked at Xenoblade Chronicles, and then it was like, hey, uh, this is the third series in the Xeno series, and um, Xenogears is only one game. It was the first one. It's like, perfect. <laughs> so I started delving into that, and and then it was too much, but I had already written four facts, and I couldn't backtrack, so... Uh, <laughs> Here's a tr- here's here's a truncated version of the Xenogears facts. Okay, John, I'm gonna do something, and you're gonna have to follow up on this. Okay. Oh, gross. <laughs> here's Xenogears Part One. <laughs> Xenogears is a Japanese role-playing game developed by Tetsuya Takahashi at Square for the PlayStation. In Xenogears, you play as Fei Fong Wong, the archetypal reincarnated amnesiac young male hero who gathers friends, of whom some become lovers, to fight back against the general injustice in the world, and eventually God himself. Basically, it's just a standard JRPG. Like, like where where it becomes weird is in the details. You have to get really, like, minute with the shit for it to, like, really hit you with how strange Xenogears is. Because it's a generic RPG. <laughs> well, like, like, um, the the first part of the game is him like doing things around town as his uh his two best friends prepare to get married, and then like he fucks up and summons let le- or no he doesn't no he does fuck up he does fuck up I can't remember exactly how he fucks up but he fucks up in some way and then like the evil empire or whatever. Uh, decides to attack their their town and everybody dies including his two best friends and the the like like handful of survivors say dude you're a piece of shit get the fuck out of here and then it becomes the the standard like adventuring plot until later Mm. As a Square game that came out in the 90s, it uses the active time battle system that all their other main series use, like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy. I hate the active time battle system in every single game except Chrono Trigger. Mm, I hate it in every single game except for Final Fantasy V. I even hate it there. I really like the job system, but the, the I hate the bar that moves. I just hate seeing the bar, you know? And in Chrono Trigger, I feel like it works because there's no, um, there's no, like, transition to a battle screen or something. The battles take place where you are on the map. And so it feels a little bit more real. Whereas when the, the Final Fantasy games take you to a separate screen and then it also has the bar, I'm like, why don't you just let me have time 
Give me time to think about things. You've already taken my time putting me into this uh, this uh, empty plane. <laughs> mm. I don't know. There's just something off-putting about it for me. Speaking of those games, Tetsuya Takahashi worked on many of both, as well as Dragon Slayer, The Legend of Heroes by Yoshi Okiya, before pitching the plot of Xenogears as a potential plot for Final Fantasy VII. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but the plot was liked enough he got to make Xenogears its own series instead. Well, its own game. Yeah. Well, it's considered a series. It's the Xenogears series. I know it's only one game, but it, it's still considered a series. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mind blanked for a second. Oh, yeah. We're on number five. Tetsuya's Xeno series is similar to Yoshiokiya's Dragon Slayer, more of a developer's signature than a complete idealized series. Also, similarly, while all the games with the Xeno prefix are made by Tetsuya and have commonalities like their sci-fi theming, there are several disparate subset series within. The Xenogears series, only one game, which features a lot of ph philosophical themes, including concepts from Nietzsche, Freud, and Jung, as well as Abrahamic themes. They almost named the boss Yahweh. <laughs> they did. It was very close. They should have just gone all in. Shin Megami Tensei does. <laughs> yeah. the uh, <laughs> They were going to, but uh, the... Um, localizing team was like you you cannot do this <laughs> <laughs> this this you just you just can't do this and so they they almost uh they they actually it was like yahweh is yabe which means like right out terrible uh and then they laughed at their little joke and then for half the development time they switched his name to yabe instead <laughs> uh, and then at the end of it, they just changed it to Deus. Okay, well, that's still God. <laughs> it's still God, but it's not like the actual holy name of God according to the Jewish people. Like, it's 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 the difference between being like, hey, we're going to say that our, our God is Allah versus making an actual statue of Allah in your game. One, you can say they're Allah. Two, you can't put an image of Allah anywhere because it's against their religion. Like, that's that's kind of the difference here. Yeah. Deus just means God. I guess. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about Shin Megami Tensei and how many times I fought like Metatron and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've murdered the Archangel Michael multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, but he, that's the, that's again not the same deal. I guess the Xeno Saga series released on the PS2 dubbed fully into the Bible, especially the New Testament, and continued using Nietzschean and Jungian concepts. It was functionally three games long. <laughs> I think you mean it was thirty movies long. <laughs> uh, hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey, that's a PlayStation game! God, I hate... No, it's a... It, Xenosaga is special. Yeah. Very few games open with a feature-length cutscene. But Xenosaga did! <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it was initially intended to be six episode story, but they just cut it down to a trilogy. Can you imagine how many more hours worth of movies it would have been? God, I wouldn't have played a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I picked up Xenoblade or Xenosaga at one point and I started playing it. And I think I got through the third area and I was like 15 hours into the game and had, <laughs> and had essentially played about three hours worth of game. And I said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to do this anymore. <laughs> yep. Yep. The Xenoblade Chronicles series, released on the Wii and later 3DS, Wii U, and Switch, deals with the concepts of fate and predetermination. It has four, arguably five, games so far, with another releasing later 2022. So, it's say arguably five because in uh the xenoblade chronicles definitive edition they have xenoblade chronicles future connected which is set one year after the events of the main story um which is only a part of definitive edition yeah but it's a separate story so and i haven't gotten far enough into xenoblade chronicles to see what it's all about (laughs) Yeah. Definitive Edition is just Xenoblade Chronicles, but it does add more. This is sort of like a, a Mario Bowser's Fury situation. Um, the big difference between like Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii and Xenoblade Chronicles for the Switch, like the Definitive Edition, is that they yeah. completely redid the character models. Like every single <laughs> character model is anime now. Is all anime. And if you look at the Wii version, it is not. It's much more like toned down and and I'm not going to okay. say realistic because it's obviously not, but it's less anime. And the definitive edition is, better. is anime as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Which one's better in your opinion? Uh, definitive edition, mostly just because... Um, I'm sorry, Wii games look like shit. Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, they do. Xenoblade Chronicles is a beautiful game, and the Wii does not take advantage of it at all. Like it is just yeah. a shit-looking game as a result of mm-hmm. the Wii's graphics. And so, playing it on the Switch—that's that—that's the preferred way to play, in my opinion. And that was just the facts. Yep. All right. So this this so this is going to be you teaching me a lesson. Give me a Correct. give me a history lesson. This 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 is the topic of the week and and we got lots of time for it which is good. So we're we're going to be talking about glaives in video games. And when I say glaives, I do not mean the European polearm consisting of a single-edged blade on the end of a pole, similar to the Naganata, the Chinese Guandao, the Korean Woldo or the Russian Sovnia. Even though those are all awesome. Even though those are all awesome. Uh, it's it's if you think of a glaive, a real traditional glaive is a polearm with a sword on the end. Sometimes it's got <laughs> it's a little a stick hook. with a sword on it. I like the, the ones with the little hooks. Yeah. A uh you mean a glaive guisarms? Sure. Cuz <laughs> cuz that's what the uh the hook is. It, it changes it from a glaive to a glaive guisarms. It's cool, though. No, I am talking about the glaive as it is depicted frequently in video games, which is 
similar to a chakram or a mambale or a giant shuriken. Basically, a death frisbee. Gl- uh, chakrams are also I'm, super awesome. Chakrams are also, I agree. But we're, we're talking about glaives, which are chakrams in this case. So, um, let me let me give you a, a short history of my personal history with the glaive. Because my first hearing of the word glaive was from playing Warcraft 3. Glaives don't really pop up a whole lot in, in school or, you know, a lot of other studies. And uh, as such, my first seeing of it was in a a video game it was in uh warcraft 3 as one of the uh the night elf factions had the use of a glaive was this a real glaive or it was this was a three-bladed uh death frisbee that was thrown out oh no Uh, the moon glaive um so it's yes, it's a it's a ranged weapon that spins. It's a it's a death frisbee and it's a three bladed uh, thing, uh, and so that was my first introduction to the glaive. Oh, I'm getting pictures. Yeah, yeah I was just sent you a picture of the the oh, okay. glaive skill. Yeah, that is what is called a glaive in video games. I mean that's a that's a shuriken. That's a fat shuriken. It's bigger than that. It's it's much bigger than a shuriken. Like I said, it's a fat shuriken. <laughs> shuriken shuriken are, are very small. They're designed to fit in your hands. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, Not in games, but this is, yeah, in real life. This is <laughs> this is more this is more like a a, a chakram. Um, and uh, and that was my first introduction. So and and I mean they're cool because like. Death frisbees are cool. They are. No matter what they're called, no matter what game they're in or movie they're in, death frisbees are freaking awesome. It's just such a cool idea. Especially, like, you know, I grew up watching uh, Xena Warrior Princess, and, you know, death frisbees are really fucking cool. <laughs> now, of course, she had chakrams, but they're still death frisbees. Right. Um,. So that was that was my first introduction, and it was not until I started making my own game, <laughs> which was going to be a, a Fire Emblem-like uh, game, and didn't want to do Sword Axe um, Spear, wanted to, to, you know, change things up a little bit, uh, ended up being Sword Axe Glaive instead. Wow, you just um, made it a bladed spear. I, I did, <laughs> yes. You can't, I can't tell you how many different versions we went through to get to that point. There were so many other weapons thrown in there that it's not even funny. Uh, <laughs> we tried almost every single other classification of weapon in a triangle before we just basically settled on the same thing. But, <laughs> There's a reason but, why Fire Emblem does it. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, but I I was pitched Glaives as an alternative by uh, one of my co-workers on the game. 
and they were like, hey, why don't we do a glaive? I was like, I mean, that's that's cool and all, but like, how many different versions of a death frisbee can you do? And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> so I I was I was informed what a proper glaive was and then immediately delved into it and found so much more information and was like oh this is what reality is <laughs> um uh and i go to a um uh Ren- renaissance festival just about every year i haven't the last three for obvious reasons um but they have several weapons shops there and one of them has this beautiful glaive and every single time i go in i'm like "Mm, i want it but it's too much money and why the fuck would i need it (laughs) you need it to look cool but i i do i need it so that i can be like a full-on hipster uh neck beard uh (laughs) shooting youtube videos you swinging around your katana (laughs) yeah to, with Star Wars music playing in the background, yeah. I need to gain a few pounds for that. <laughs> yeah, just just like yeah, but I need to gain like thirty more pounds. Um, <laughs> no, I need to I need to lose like thirty pounds, but but I'm still not quite fat enough to to you know be that level of trash. Um, so like jumped full into glaives and then. One year it hit me, I was like, well, why is it called the glaive? Oh, no. <laughs> like, one thing's clearly a glaive, but, like, Warcraft 3 says this thing's a glaive. So why does it, why do they call Chakram's glaives, John? <laughs> so, it all comes back to a 1983 film. What? Yep. The cult classic, Krull. Oh, I like Krull. Krull, which, honestly, it's a Peter Yates film that has some big-name cast members in it. Like, um, it has Liam Neeson, Robbie Coltrane, um, uh, Lizette Anthony was a, a... uh, English actress who is pretty big deal. Um, Claire McIntyre, uh, John Welsh, Graham McGrath. Like, it's got some big names. But it. Oh, oh, and that's not even saying. Uh, the music was by James Horner. <laughs> yeah. Of, you know, Avatar and. Uh, Jumanji and Titanic and the Alien or Aliens, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, like big deal, big deal, guys in here. Uh, the special <coughs> effects are by Derek Mettings, who worked on Superman the movie and Superman Two, which were both those are the good Supermans. You know, big, big special effects movies. Oh, he went on to work on James Bond movies. Um. The movie was budgeted at around $30 million, and it made about 16.9. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's a horrible movie. Like, it looks it looks like shit, but it's great. Oh! Oh, it absolutely looks like shit. <laughs> That's um, what's great about it, though. It's a terrible movie, uh, but... But it's supposed it to is, be. I feel like it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is supposed to be. <laughs> 
I, I don't, I don't think so. You think they were really trying? But it's, yeah, I do. Oh, but it's it's a science fantasy swashbuckler film, and it it takes a lot of, um, a lot of impetus from like a lot of Star Wars ideas, and a lot of Lord of the Rings ideas, and especially King Arthur ideas with the the special weapon like Excalibur. And the Excalibur weapon in this game is called the Glaive. And the Glaive is a five-bladed death frisbee. But what? That what? Uh, he, Why? It's a it's a five-bladed death frisbee that you can control with your mind to like bounce what? back and forth between people and back to your hand. Um. And they said, "What if Captain chose... America's shield, but with blades?" Kind of, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that that really is what it is. But, but um, why did they call it a glaive? Like, where did where did they get the misconception? <laughs> so it was called the glaive because um, it's just a a cool name for it, <laughs> and and also. Technically, so the origin of the word glaive comes from uh, a it, it's it's from the French etymology of the word. So the the French I mean glaive is a French word. Um, so the the word glaive in French means two things. One, uh, it's a weapon that's a polearm with a sword on the end of it. Uh, and two, it is the, uh, figuratively the meaning of carnage. Figuratively, it just means the carnage caused by a glaive. Oh, no. Oh, no. So So they said this thing causes carnage, so we'll call it a glaive. So in Old French, the word glaive refers to, but but this is the deal, not just what we now know of the glaive, which is a sword on the end of a stick, uh, it refers to any kind of shafted weapon. And it also is used figuratively to disturb, uh, describe the kind of destruction such a weapon imparts, specifically violent death. So, Krull used that term to be, okay, this is supposed to be a carnage-causing weapon... And it is a bladed weapon, but it's not shafted. So, like the no, but the um, the glaive. Like if if you even go further back in the etymology of glaive, it is uh, it it gets its term from gladius, the Roman sword. <laughs> so like like at at a certain point, it just meant blade. <laughs> so like you can kind of get it, but really, it was kind of a stretch, right? Um. But, you know, this, it's, it was an action-adventure fantasy film. Like, the rule of cool applies in those. Um, so, like, the etymology supports it, but they just decided Glaive sounds cool. So, they did that. So, that's where Glaive got its name to be a death frisbee. But, 
that doesn't say how it got into video games because again while it's a cult classic now it was a critically panned movie <laughs> yeah nobody watched crawl in 1983 no it's it, it got like a 37 percent on rotten tomatoes i just saw that like, is so low i'm like yeah crawl's great <laughs> why is it so low <laughs> Because it's a terrible movie. But it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, the that doesn't explain how it gets into video games. And eventually, it'll get into video games because of, you know, just the cult classic that Krull has become and, and the, the aura that it's gained over the years. But its first entry was in 1983 with the Atari game Krull. <laughs> what have because Krull brought upon the world? <laughs> there is an Atari 2600 Krull game, and it looks real bad. I'm sure it does. All Atari 2600 it, games look bad, though. That's not... It looked real bad. Oh, that's... Uh, but, of course, as a... Crawl game, it features the glaive. I like the MS Paint circling of the glaive here. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's not out of place uh, with the rest of the graphics. The whole game could have been made in MS Paint. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So, it wasn't really found, um, at least from the sources and the research I've done, wasn't found again until eight years later in 1980 or 1991 in Spider-Man the video game. And there was a third party guide to the game that referenced the green goon with the glaive. Um, so talking about the green goblin. No, no, there's a, uh, there's a enemy in it that is, Oh, there's some more MS paint circling for you. But yeah, it's just a green goon with a glaive. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's again not in the game, oh. but it's in reference to the game. And this is the that boomerang application of the glaive. This is another boomerang death frisbee glaive. Um and then uh in another eleven years later, we have Warcraft three. So, here's the deal with Warcraft 3. It has not one, but two glaives in it. Okay. The one I mentioned earlier, the Moon Glaive, which is a uh, three-pronged death frisbee. But it also, also belonging to the Night Elves, there is another unit that was the Demon Hunter. So they had the Huntress, who had the, uh, the Moon Glaive. Then we had the Demon Hunter... Who? Oh, what is that? Has has these half moon scythe hand blades? Yeah, it's just a scythe that are also called. It yes, <laughs> long curved blades typically dual wielded, but they are also explicitly in game called a glaive. So we really the, the war. The War Glaives of Azanoth. We're really getting far away from uh, what a glaive is at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so this is Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3 was a hugely popular game, but I don't know that it really would have had the same amount of 
cultural acceptance and and like understanding of uh, that you know you know the glaive needed for it to be well uh, established, except for the fact that. Warcraft 3 had a fun little custom map called Defense of the Ancient, also known as Dota. Oh, no! Moonglaive was, uh, the, the Huntress was used as the model for the hero Luna, and they got Moonglaive. Uh, so that made it through, and Dota 2 still has Luna. Is Dota the entire reason why everybody doesn't know what a glaive is? Dota's probably a really good reason for it. (laughs) Especially since, to add to the confusion, the heroes Anti-Mage and Terrorblade in Dota had the Demon Hunter (laughs) as as models... And so they got the other glaive. So everything's fucked with the glaive. At this point. <laughs> Nobody's using an actual Every- glaive. Everybody's using chakrams and whatever the fuck those other things are. Correct. <laughs> Everything's just messed up to hell. But same year as Warcraft 3 came out and before Dota came out, Blade 2 came out. Uh, the movie? And... No, the PS2 slash Xbox game. I mean, probably the movie, too. <laughs> I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't remember when Blade 2 the movie came Is out. Is Wesley but Snipes Blade involved in all of this? <laughs> Wesley Snipes is involved. Um, the in, in Blade 2 the game, you can use a glaive. And it is specifically a glaive. It is a glaive glaive. Like, it's a, it's the glaive we've been talking about. It's a death frisbee. It looks like the crawl glaive. It's a glaive glaive. And it's, it's called the glaive. So, like, it's really in Blade 2. So, if you played Blade 2, glaive means death frisbee. Okay. Then there's, there's other games like, uh, Predator, Concrete Jungle, a couple years later, had a, had a glaive. Two years after that, Cold Sept Saga, which uh, is kind of like Monopoly meets Magic the Gathering meets uh, something else. Also had a glaive. Next real one was in 2008's Dark Sector, which the main character <coughs> uses a three-bladed death frisbee called a glaive. And Dark Sector was kind of big. And Was it? I've never heard of it. It was... Um... Come on, where is? I'm about to get a picture of Dark I Sector. <laughs> I'm sure I can. <laughs> uh, I can send you the picture of Dark Sector. There you go. Oh, that looks I mean, that's, so that's dinky. Definitely... That looks so dinky. <laughs> that looks like a toy PS3 game. <laughs> That looks like somebody's bad, um, like, cosplay. But yeah, it was like a 73 or higher percent on game rankings in Metacritic, and uh, it got a little bit more um, uh, publicity when it was banned in Australia. Why was it banned in Australia? <laughs> the violence, the finishing moves and stuff. Oh, did they also um, ban Mortal Kombat then? 
I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, they they later re-released it in Australia, but all the violence was censored, so you know they didn't get the same game. Um, but then like Hammer Fight the next year, two thousand nine, the Haunted Hell's like it kept kept cropping back up, and at this point, like it's it's kind of a standard in in like in a lot of games. The glaive means a boomerang shuriken. <laughs> so, like, there, two years ago, Realms Beyond Ashes of the Fallen, um, got, it's another RPG, and it, it has a glaive in it. So, it's, it's pretty well established now that in video games, glaive can be a frisbee shuriken. And that's the history of glaives and games. Although I will say to to show the counterpoint to this, uh, Destiny Two is releasing a in eight days their next expansion, which will for the first time since twenty nineteen releasing a new type of weapon to the game. We got in 2019, I think it was, I think it was 2019, we got the bow. And this year, we're getting the glaive. Is it a real glaive? And the glaive is, the glaive is a polearm with a sword attached <laughs> oh, to the Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, there's, there's still definitely a lot of glaives in video games that are proper glaives. Yeah, it's, but... it's wild that Dynasty Warriors actually got this one right. Because there yeah. are characters in, I want to say, the Wu Kingdom that use, uh, uh, Sun Shang Zhang uses chakrams. They're called chakrams. They're big discs that she holds with a grip, and then she, uh, she slices people with them. And then there's another character in yeah. the same kingdom. I, I'm not sure if Wu is the right one, but it's the one I'm saying right now. Uh, and he uses what's called a glaive. And it, it's it's one of those glaive with arms. It's got the hook on the end and a mm. blade. Yeah. And it's like, wow, Dynasty Warriors got it right. <laughs> good on you. Yeah. Yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's weird. So, so next time you hear someone talking about a glaive, uh, and it's with regards to a video game, because outside of video games... Like, Crawl's basically forgotten. No, that's but not let's, true. Let's be honest. Yeah, mm. Had you heard of Crawl before I mentioned yes, it? Yes, I've watched Crawl multiple times. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's like the power glove. I was, it's so I bad. Was not, I was not joking about really enjoying Crawl. That wasn't a bit. I love watching Crawl. <laughs> Weird. Uh. But really, to be honest, Crawl is forgotten. I guess not by me. It, it is. It's, it lives in my heart. Well, I mean, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But you know, it's it's kind of not really in the uh, forefront of today's culture. No, and glaives have to my research, not been seen in 
movies since. Glaives as the Death Frisbee. Um, they're, they're not in movies. They're called chakrams in movies because people can do a modicum of research and look up what a chakram is. And, if if chakrams are even the, seen in movies. Because movies yeah. also try or, to look a tad bit realistic and chakrams don't. Yeah. <laughs> at all <laughs> but i mean they're completely valid weapons that have seen use throughout history sure they just look yes, stupid they they do look stupid <laughs> and yeah and shurikens are never used pro- appropriately and yeah yeah well thank you for the history lesson yep i i just I love the the fact that there's two glaives in the world now. And and because of its just excessive use at this point, th- the alternate meaning of glaive to mean chakram, I mean it's it's not chakram cuz like chakrams are discs whereas glaives are typically like three-pronged or five-pronged or whatever shurikens but the the use of glaives to mean death frisbees is a valid use at this point in english it's a less used and you know annoying not exactly proper use (laughs) but it is a valid use of it but if you're a game developer out there and you're listening to this um why and also please don't there's enough of this shit out here as is leave it leave it to dota 2 to get it wrong and and let's just keep keep glaive meaning the proper glaive god at the end of the day when society collapses and we're all eating each other whatever people think is going to happen somebody's going to tie the collapse of society back to dota 2 (laughs) oh I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. That's that's all I can say there. Hey, um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you could share this with someone who, and then I went back and I looked at the game facts, which is where I normally look, and the only things I could see were Nietzsche, Freud, and Jung. Uh, so uh, share this with someone who really likes a cigar. Um, and has weird and, feelings about their mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think you mean completely normal, because all people have those feelings. Uh, no, That's they don't. standard. They don't. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> um, it would be a super huge help to us if you could share this with someone and have them watch it, listen listen this is not a video thing yeah uh have them listen to this because uh we're we're kind of plateauing if not decreasing in our viewership and uh we'd like to reach more people uh, again we make no money off of this we, we spend money on this we spend a whole lot more money than we get which is zero yeah, i spend 13 dollars uh, a not, month on rss yeah and we're not <laughs> looking to make money no, necessarily we're not this this is kind of just something we love to do and you know we're putting it out there for you so uh 
not even asking for donations, although you can do that. There's a thing down below where we're, you know, if you donate a certain amount, we'll start, like, playing video games and, like, streaming that or whatever. I don't remember what the thing is. I think it's a promised, like, bonus episode every month of a a video game that we both play and then we review for, like, an entire episode. Yeah. And donators get to vote on it. Bonus episode. Yeah. But, like, we're not even asking free to donate. We just, like... The more people that could see this and enjoy it, the better we'll feel because it'll feel like we matter at all. And at the end of the day, isn't that what every human wants is to matter? Yeah, you know, number to go feel up. Like they matter. Number go up. Be nice. If you uh, if you want to talk about something in the episode, you can shoot us an email or hit us up on socials. We'd love to chat more about any of these things. If you've got some Xenogears facts for me, because I really don't want to do a part two of this, but apparently I have to, (laughs) uh, hit me up with that, because, like, send me your favorite Xenogears facts. Um, yeah, we're we're always available to, to, like, respond, and uh, if you've got an idea for a game facts or, or a topic for us to talk about, or you have a light novel you want us to review, send it our way and uh, we'll get to it right away. Glowing weak point podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it's in the links down. Below. Yeah. Uh, hey, what are you looking forward to for next week? I am looking forward to being in a better mood. Be really cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to you being in a better mood, too. Yeah, it'd be really nice. Um, What else am I looking forward to? You know, I'm looking... Fuck! Oh. I mean, that'd be nice. There's... (laughs) There's shit I meant to talk about, and I didn't. Damn it. Oh, well, let's do it. At the end? Yeah, sure. Shit, okay. Here, Uh, we'll, well, we'll do a... Bye! Bye! Um, yeah, you can just shove this in in the beginning. No, I'll shove I'm it in at the end. my first mon... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> I read my first manhwa today. Or not today, this week. Manhwa? The, basically, uh... Oh, is that like Korean the Korean webtoon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how was that? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was delightful. It was, you know, 101 episodes, so uh, that took a while, right. but, you know, it took my time through. It was uh, it's kind of a popular one. Uh, Swimming Lessons for a Mermaid. It is a romance manhwa. Okay. And Swimming Lessons yeah, for I, a Mermaid? Was, Swimming Lessons for a Mermaid. Is there an actual uh, mermaid? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the summary is Choa is a mermaid who can't swim. 
Discouraged, she trades the ocean for a pair of human legs, but when the star of the high school swim team finds out her secret, he offers her the chance to prove her family wrong. Free swimming lessons for a mermaid. Okay. So, and it's it's cute. It's a it's a cute romance. Uh they're, you know, adorable together. They've got, you know, uh a second love interest who comes in, but then I'm so glad that they don't push it so far. Like halfway through, or maybe a little bit more than halfway through, uh the they just they get together. They start dating. <laughs> Obviously. And, and so there's and, and so there's no more like will they won't they or like will the secondary love interest like butt in or something he just he just steps back he's still there he's still a friend but he stops like pursuing her because clearly she's happy with someone and i read that i was like holy shit they did it right they did a thing good (laughs) because because that's so annoying when that happens when it's like oh who will i choose like I don't give a fuck. Pick one. <laughs> and then stick with them. <laughs> Unless they're bad. And then switch to the other one. Like, and, and like they did so many things early on that was like, I, I guess this is spoilers, but uh, <laughs> uh, there was a, the, like the summer fair or something. And they were walking around and they saw a uh fortune teller and they went to the fortune teller and and the fortune teller was like yeah y'all ain't gonna be good together y'all are gonna break up pretty often and and i was like oh fuck you man don't don't forecast that i don't want to do and then it never happened i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) thank god for this uh man it was really good i really enjoyed it uh spent a lot of time reading it uh, that i should have been sleeping uh but it, it was super cute, and I kept wanting to read the next thing. So, yeah, read my first manhwa. Cool. Yeah. That's all. I, I I meant to say that earlier, but then I didn't. Then you didn't. And now we all suffer yeah. for it. John, yeah. this I mean, this is what leads well to the collapse time. of society. This moment oh, right here. you reading a manhwa? <laughs> <laughs> No! You forgetting to talk about Manwa at the beginning of the episode. No! <laughs> oh well. Bye, everyone. I mean, you don't have to say bye again. We already did it.